Welcome to Sky's the Limit with your host, yours truly, Sky Estroff. Okay, this is kind of cool. This is my first real in-person interview for Sky's the Limit. And I'm here with Alex of Charcuterie Chick. And like, I'm just saying, you're kind of a busy person to pin down. So I feel like I have just hit the upper echelon of the food elite of Atlanta for this interview. And I am pumped. I'm so excited. Um, If you're listening, you've probably heard of Charcuterie Chick. If you haven't, We've got a lot to run down with you today. Also, if you haven't, then you probably like cheese. You probably like charcuterie. You probably like something that you can find on a board or a workshop or some sort of education here at Charcuterie Chick. But we're going we're gonna to learn all of the things of this woman-owned local business and how we're connected and just talk through all the things food. So, Alex... Thank you so much for being here, and I'm just going to, like, hand over the reins to you for a hot second because I don't want to intro you. Like, I don't want to read a bio and bore everybody before we get into the nitty-gritty. Like, I want to hear from you where you're coming from and where we are now. So just my hot takes of, okay, what is charcuterie chick? I don't know. This is our first guest-recorded podcast. Let's just go from there. What is charcuterie chick? And... Who are you, and how did you let this this come to be? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> I get to be with Sky for like an hour, which is which is a great thing, <laughs> which I'm loving. But um, that was a great introduction. I'm Alex, the owner and founder of Charcuterie Chick. We are very simply a charcuterie and cheese board business in Atlanta. Kind of our MO is that we provide seasonal accoutrements and very fun and engaging uh, classes, workshops, boards, bites, kind of all of the above. Um, we service the Atlanta area, but also very in a very cool sense, have a DIY nationwide kit with Gourmet Dash, which is a very cool e-commerce distributor. So we are kind of all over the nation in terms of providing gifts and gourmet options as well as serving our local community with all things cheese. Um, I'm Alex, born and raised in Atlanta, and that that is really it. We've, we've established our business in 2020, I think like a lot of businesses, right on the cusp of COVID, um, found ourselves with a little bit more time, um, looking and very eager to find that creative outlet. And I think really this business was just an extension of looking for something creative, looking for something that can serve the Atlanta community and um, really be able to have that entrepreneurial spirit that I think Atlanta embraces very much. Um, So I'm very excited to be here. Okay, you killed it. You're a natural, you're so good at this. But also like, I I just do have to say two quick things to the listeners here is that one, I forgot to mention that we're actually sitting in Charcuterie Chick because not only is she a multi-hyphenate entrepreneur in so many ways, but there's also a brick and mortar in Sandy Springs. So like. This is a space where workshops are held. You can stop by, do grab and go of certain cheeses and beverages and little snacks and uh, other accoutrement. For all of you listening, we might be going into some gourmet terms and you're just gonna have to perk your ears up and write down these vocab terms. But like accoutrement is like standard conversation when you're talking about all things cheese. We're not just putting craft singles on a platter here. Like this is very elevated. The pairings are intentional and it's it's just so good. So. Um, so Alex, you grew up in Atlanta. Where, did you have like a food interest growing up or like how did cheese come to the forefront of your mind or why did that become your pandemic 
level business? Like, how did it start there? What was your impetus in your food thoughts? Yeah, I think the, oh, that was me. No, I muted you for a second. <laughs> Guys, I, we are learning and we are, we are thriving. So there is a mute button on this microphone and I did press it. Here you go, Alex. We're rolling, we're yeah, rolling. we're rolling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the, the impetus for the business was really, I grew up in a household where it was all about food and gathering. My mom was always a great host, a great cook. So I don't think it was surprising to a lot of my friends and family that I got into a food business. Mm -hmm. um, I think in terms of the interest in charcuterie and entrepreneurship actually started, um, I did a postgraduate internship in Tel Aviv in Israel. And I was able to work for a local consulting firm helping actually entrepreneurs get into local markets as well as international markets. And really having an understanding how business owners function, how they grow, um, how they scale businesses. So I was very inspired when I mm -hmm. came back um, stateside. And so I think really the business just became um, that creative outlet. I think it was a result of being able to be around food. I'm definitely a foodie. I'm always looking for the best restaurants in Atlanta. I'm always looking for the best um, ingredients or the best recipes to be able to cook at home. And I think being able to start Charcuterie Chick was just an extension of that. Um, I found myself with a little bit more time when I came back um, to Atlanta, and I think really the business was something that came from making charcuterie boards for friends and family as a hobby, and something that I enjoyed doing all the way through college and into early career. And so um, when I found myself with a little bit more time, uh, charcuterie chick just came to the forefront, and I kind of just jumped headfirst into it. I mean, like, headfirst is an understatement, too. <laughs> you <laughs> jumped in and made a splash, and, like, it was it was a very, like, hot start to everything. Because, like, just looking back and, well, a couple things. How we, like, quote-unquote met is, like, through Instagram, which is really funny, which also, like, that's so, so our generation and so this day and age. And yes, I'm looping myself in with your generation because you know my brother and you don't know me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're more in his age bracket. But it's like, I, I remember um, seeing just like this gorgeous Instagram feed and just such a great, like, um, not just aesthetic, but just strategy and just like, the, the sense of hospitality that you provide was like very transparent through a digital form, which I found to be so cool. And so, um, and also tell me if I'm wrong, but this is how I think we met was, um, I, I just knew about your stuff, thought it was super cool, kind of had like saved it in my Instagram, stuff like that. I just wanted to keep that in the forefront of my mind. And then I was doing a segment for Good Day about single serving cheese boards because it was pandemic and like you can't really... <laughs> At that point in the time, like, we couldn't really have 20 people over and do this big hospitality and, like, hosting session. So I found your content, thought it was awesome, and shared it on there. And then from there, we've had this, like, back and forth, like, Instagram relationship. And now, you know, it's three years later. <laughs> we finally met a few months ago in person in real life. And um, and I'm even more impressed with you as an in-person person, for, like, even though your Instagram is beautiful. So... Is that story true? Is that, did I make it up? I don't know. Like we've been living in such a digital age for so long. Sky is not lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's definitely correct. And I, I think, um, I actually remember that Good Day segment very vividly. Um, I think it was one of the first 
repost I had that was like a local news publication. So when we were starting to get our business off the ground, we were very excited about that. I personally was like, okay, we've made it. Like we've, we're starting to become um, something familiar for people in Atlanta. And so uh, since then, we've just been able to grow. And in terms of kind of the trend in social media, I think we caught it um, right on the cusp of when charcuterie became very aesthetic. It's been around for centuries, yeah. like we're talking 16, 17, 1800s. So it's not anything new in terms of loving charcuterie, the cured meats, the cheeses, all of those things. But I think in terms of designing something that's aesthetically beautiful, but also something that I think is approachable, that was our, our biggest test and opportunity. So I think with being able to build not only the business, but also the reputation and the brand on social has been a really fun part of having the business and being able to grow it. Um, with Instagram, uh, I think food kind of speaks for itself. And so when you can design something that's artfully curated, but also intentional, mm -hmm. uh, we've, we've really enjoyed that aspect of the business. Lots, lots to um, appreciate about Instagram in terms of kind of selling our business and being able to get the word out that we exist and that we can create something that's both personal but also relatable. Wow. I mean, did you have media training? Because... <laughs> You are spot on. This did make me think of two different things that I haven't asked you before of like, first of all, when I think of charcuterie chick, I'm like, oh, like I, I just, the brand, it, you have branded so well in so many ways, not just on Instagram, but just your color scheme, your font choices, your aesthetic of this um, brick and mortar in store, like literally everything that you do has all of these marketing components aligned and it's very like calming and I appreciate that so much because I don't know for me that's how I organize my mind in a lot of ways so like I can appreciate that so props to you good job but it made me just like think while we were talking about it like charcuterie chick it's kind of like when you're finding your business name like me like I just went super creative and just did my name LLC so I I'm wondering like it almost reminds me of picking like an AIM screen name or something. Like how did Charcuterie Chick become yours? I think, yeah, I, I just want to hear the whole breakdown of thought there. Absolutely. So I was in a stairwell in Israel when I, <laughs> when I came up with kind of this food page um, and then branded it as Charcuterie Chick. I'm a big fan of alliteration. Um, easy to remember, uh, easy to say. I think just um, it just popped into my mind and I kind of rolled with it. And since then, uh, to your point, it's become not only just the integrity of our business, but also the branding. Um, it's allowed us to reach people, not just only in Atlanta, in Georgia, kind of across the country, because um, it's something that's very easy to kind of call upon, very easy to search for. Um, it goes well with, of course, the nature of our business being charcuterie. So I don't think it's a mystery when you think about um, being able to search online or find mm -hmm. us online. So that was really the impetus for it. Um, the alliteration of it, the, the ease of it, mm -hmm. I think all of the above just kind of played, um, played our way. I work like that too. And like also audience, sorry, if you hear like a scooch of a microphone, we are, <laughs> we are learning. <laughs> but um, I think like that's kind of how I think too. I kind of have these like bursts of insight or these epiphanies and then I'm like, oh, right, that all lines up. That makes sense. Like that hits and that's just – and so I can totally identify with that. I am curious though, 
you're in a stairwell in Israel where you, you know, a few like Red Bull and vodka sin, like what, set the scene for the stairwell in Israel, please. I have to say, what's our audience? Is it 18 plus, 21 plus? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think there's any children listening right now. And if you are, it's fine. (laughs) It may have been after a couple work happy hours, but um, we were on our way to dinner. And I had started to make boards uh, just using the local ingredients in Israel. I was just very inspired by the food scene, Mm -hmm. very inspired by the entrepreneurship that is very prevalent in that part of the world. And so I was with a bunch of my colleagues, a bunch of my roommates from this program, and I just made it on the way to dinner. I was probably crossing streets without even looking up. Um, I was, you know, on the way down our stairwell, and I kind of just started the Instagram and 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 came up with the colors of pink. Um, pink being mostly, it's my favorite color. Um, anybody that knows me, I'm a little bit of a tomboy, so it surprises people that pink is my favorite color. But I think in a lot of ways, um, it is something that is very ingrained in our business. It's something that's classic. It's something that um, is feminine, which I think is a big part of our business. Um, we're 100% women-owned, but also 100% women-operated. Our whole team is, is full of fantastic girls. So I think uh, that's that's transcended um, into the way we operate our business. I, I definitely think like it's pretty apparent. I'm pretty. You were in the IB program at um, Riverwood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting a nod over here. <laughs> You handled that so well. So really, if you are like 14 and under, you could have heard that and you're totally fine. Like, we do not have to put an age disclaimer after that politically polished response of this Israeli stairwell. I've been to Israel, too, and I've had too much to drink, and I didn't have any business epiphanies that were life-changing and game-changing in my life. So I give so much credit to you and your very smart brain. And that was, like, something that I just, like, was – blown away by when we finally met in person and took this like Instagram interaction into like real life that I I was just like holy shit balls like I cannot believe that I'm talking to somebody first of all who is so young that is this accomplished that can really think in this many different branches of her brain at one time because I I mean we also started our businesses around the same time. Like I started my business in 2019. I think you said 2020 was the official like impetus and everything. So we're not that far apart in that, but I am a few years older. But I think once you get into that business mode, like, or at least this is how it works for me, is like, I don't know. I, I definitely learn more and more every year. And if I went back to my brain of the first year of business, I would have a lot of changes that I would make and different decisions that I would make. But you're, like, on – I don't even know the word for it. You might have a better word for it than me, but, like, just kind of, like, your mind is on overdrive all the time, and you kind of have, like, so many things happening. You're making so many decisions all the time. So what impresses me the most is my business is really – it's so different because I'm weird, and we're not going to – this conversation isn't about me. But for you, you have so many tangible elements and so many visual elements, and we keep harping about this Instagram and everything like that. But, like – how are you able to not only like create these boards, create relationships, create connections, build a space, host workshops, all of these things, and at the end of the day, like you've built a strategy around your social too. Like are you the person posting it? How who's taking the photos and or videos? Who's posting the stories? Like how have you found the capacity in your world? I think this applies to like so many business owners of 
how did I mean you don't have to share all of your secrets but like at least a couple of who's doing it what is your strategy behind it because you can't put up this much content without some sort of thought around it absolutely to Sky's point definitely have learned um, along the way I don't think anything's perfect when you get started not even six months in 12 months in not even three years three and a half years in Uh, so things constantly evolve but in terms of social media um, I have some friends that are in the business so I always kind of ping ideas off of them kind of what's what's been trendy what's been popular so they can certainly give those insights and I kind of steal them from them whether or not they (laughs) they think they're sharing them or not but they are Um, So that's a big part of it. Uh, And then being able to wear a lot of different hats. Uh, Over the course of just having the business, I learned to invest in food photography, whether or not that's actually having the latest iPhone, whether or not it's investing in Lightroom presets um, that a few other charcuterie businesses Mm -hmm. have been um, fantastic at developing um, as actually former photographers. So being able to get my hands on those and really use those to enhance Um, the foods and the boards and the platters that we create so it's really a point of enhancement rather than manipulation or editing or modification and I think there's a fine line when it comes to food you want it to be um, approachable and attractive while also being what it is yeah Um, so I think that's been a big part of it and then in terms of running the social media um, it's kind of been a back and forth I have some friends that um, are able to help out um, when things get busy or I kind of need to step away and be able to separate myself from it or allow somebody else to take the reins and have a different point of view. But really, our team plays a big role in being able to capture a lot of the moments and the platters and the creations that come out of our kitchen and go to our customers, um, whether or not it's you know on a day-to-day basis, um, the girls are able to share behind the scenes of what it's like to work at Charcuterie Chick or whether or not it's the final creations and platters or the elaborate grazing tables that we do. Really, we just have um, a constant Rolodex of photos, videos, and content that we try to uh, just push out in a sense that's very trendy, very on brand to what we do, um, but also complementary to really what we do as a business. So I think all in all, um, it's definitely a team effort um, to get everything out there um, so everybody can view it on Instagram, on other social platforms, um, and ultimately, um, it's just become, like I said, an extension of, of how we view and run the business. And I can say from experience, too, what you're seeing is actually what you're getting. But I still, like, I think just the breakdown, like, for me, I'm scheduling social for so many clients that, like, for me to put up a post for myself is like, oh, my God, this is so much energy. Like, I'd rather watch my Bravo show tonight. Like, I don't know. But I think, you know, when you're running an account and you have so much content at the ready and you have all of the, um, like, the Lightroom presets and all of the, like, technology at your fingertips that you need to make it gorgeous, like, then then it just makes it so that it's turnkey for you, I guess, you know? And I think another benefit to you is that Anybody who's buying from Charcuterie Chick is totally posting and tagging y'all. So that helps with like sharing stories and everything too, is that you have this like very aesthetic thing. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other food brands that like aren't as pretty. Like (laughs) things that are just brown foods. I mean, I guess it could, you know, I'm not saying like it's not a given that a charcuterie board is pretty though. I'm not at all discount. Like what you do is you are making artistry out of food items and putting it on to something and then you're also 
interlacing the other artistry moment of photography and then social media. So it's like, it's this layered approach to me. But like, I mean, if you just put like a slab of cheese on a board and, you know, a couple things that were monochrome, it wouldn't be the same. So you, it's you that makes it beautiful, but all of the things that you put out there are beautiful. So it is the good content in that way. Okay. So let's, we, we've done business mode. That's fun. I, I love talking business. I could talk, we could go way more in depth and like, we'll see what people want to hear. And, you know, like I said, we're like, we're evolving this thing. We want to see what Sky's the Limit is all about. Is it getting hot takes? Is it getting like real business insights? I don't know, but it's probably for that 14 plus audience as we have established. Um, so I, I was just thinking like, since we've met on Instagram and all this stuff, we should just kind of talk through some trends on social and just like kind of give our opinions, you know, make it hot takes. You have a TikTok, right? Okay, great. I'm getting a nod because we're passing the mic. But um, so main things here. I'm just going to like put out a topic and you just tell me like what you think about it, if you're following that, if you like that, etc. So um, what about butterboards? This is kind of relevant for in your space. Huh? Board trends that aren't uh, like cheese and stuff, but really butterboards. What do you think? I am a fan of butterboards if I'm making it more for a brunch audience. I don't think it's something that we would necessarily – add to our menu for a couple reasons. I think from a practical standpoint, um, we try to stick in kind of our lane of charcuterie and cheese boards. And I think that's allowed us to stay pretty structured in the menu items um, around intentionality there. But I will say if I was having friends over, mm -hmm. I've seen the evolution of the butter board to be like even cream cheese based. So you can get like into the bagel board domain. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very fun. I also think just because it is a trend, it can be pretty instantaneous. So for us to add it um, to our actual menu would require to see that stay around for months on end for it to see that popularity and for have, for have to have customers come to us and be like, this is absolutely something I wanna see. So from a practical standpoint, not necessarily something we would add to our menu, but definitely something if I had the ingredients on hand and I was having some friends over and we were having brunch or breakfast, definitely a fun presentation um, and something that can be highly customizable and also um, just very engaging with, with my friends and family. That is insightful. Yes. Okay. I mean, honestly, like a butter board or a peanut butter board or a cream cheese board to me, I'm just like, okay, with cream cheese, I, I just want to smather it like on my actual bread. Like I, I don't want to share with anybody. And with the butter, I love butter. Like call me Paula Dean Jr. in a certain way, but like seeing that much of it at that temperature on a board does kind of make me semi-nauseous for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. Anyways. What about like hyperfixation meals that we see trending on TikTok? Like people that are like, I'm hyperfixated on this thing for dinner. Every day I eat this. Like, what do you think about that? I personally have issues with leftovers. <laughs> I love to create enough food where I can actually send it home with my friends that love the leftovers. So personally speaking, when I cook, I try to cook for myself and for others. So we're eating it at that certain point. Um, I have nothing wrong with being hyper fixated on certain types of foods. Will I necessarily eat it every single day for five days straight? Not necessarily something that I jump into, mm -hmm. but with that said, um, to each their own. And yeah. it's definitely, if you're loving something and you still love it six months from now, that means you really love it. So go for it. Like, do you ever find yourself hyper fixated on like a cheese or a cheese pairing though? Like, let's get like granular with that. 
I like that question. Mm -hmm. I There are two things that I absolutely love. Um, I love Brie and Honey. It's something that I always recommend. You pretty much 99.9% .9 of the time find some variation of a brie, a camembert, some sort of soft ripened cheese on our boards because I think it's one of the most traditional uh, pairings, but also I think a gateway into <laughs> loving other types of uh, cheeses on your board or being more explorative. So I think that is one I definitely recommend. Another thing that's a little bit more of a hot take is I love Parmesan on a board, and I think that surprises a lot of people. I don't think it's necessarily like this, this bougie or overly done uh, cheese option, but it's one of my favorites to pair with honey or jam just because of the sweet and salty combination. So in terms of hyperfixation, those will always be ones that I return to. And then you can elevate it by providing um, some wine-soaked cheeses that kind of have the characteristics of a Parmesan or a balsamic onion Parmesan that's very um, fun and exciting to, to try out. So you can definitely elevate it. But in terms of like your traditional Parmesan, you'd probably have to fight me for it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would because I am obsessed with Parmesan too. We also... I just got like an uni and so the fridge is stocked with lots of cheese and the funny thing well I, I can get into that offline but like um, we've been like microblading like parmesan on the top and it just looks very salt bay it's very cool but anyways um, what about like this is something that I kind of go back and forth about like obscure photo dumps of like when people are just posting stuff where I'm like okay honestly these are just some fugly pictures that don't really make any sense like are you sending me a message here is this why are you like blurred in on this weird sign that like says something straight like like I'm all for like let me just put up one or how I approach photo dumps is like one cute photo of me and then just a bunch of like random photos that I didn't have to spend as much time like putting together but like the obscure ones, like your thoughts, please. I think I'm all for in terms of like personal branding and social of having um, a photo dump in terms of something that's candid. Um, so to Sky's point, I'm all for like designing aesthetic. Maybe those first couple photos really pique your interest. And then the other photos, if it's like eight photos that you're curating for your Instagram, maybe those six other photos are just um, an extension of the views that you had from that time or like memories or moments that you want to share. Um, so I'm all for it from a personal standpoint. In terms of when I think about it from a business standpoint and how we design um, and curate our socials like Instagram, we definitely try to keep things pretty, um, pretty neutral and I think um, tip top if we can. Um, we love to show behind the scenes. I think you'll find most of that on our Instagram stories, um, kind of getting into that candid domain and something that is a little bit more laid back. But in terms of our static posts, we try to keep those um, kind of uniform and creative and to our brand. Um, so definitely if you want a sneak peek into our business, you'll probably find it on our stories. But if you're looking for kind of our final creations or our services or our platters, that's something you'll usually find on our static posts. I mean, professional, like professional beyond professional. I cannot. Okay. Last one I'm going to do because we are, you know, this is just one of those conversations where I know we could speak for like 18 days straight and it would just keep going. Um, what do you think about girl dinner? Oh, I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> I am all for girl dinner. Um, obviously if, if you haven't been following on TikTok, um, girl dinner is really a culmination of random ingredients that girls often just pile onto a plate and consider it dinner. It's not typically a 
well done, put together meal, but I'm all for it. I think we all have those days where we just want cheese and crackers, mm -hmm. um, where we want a half-eaten apple, maybe not something to that extent, but we want something that is easy for us to find, something that's in our fridge or pantry that we can just pull out and enjoy. Um, so I'm all for it. In the, in the context of charcuterie, if you've been following along, I think it's been um, kind of a natural um, <laughs> introduction to girl dinner. In a lot of ways, cheese is always in a girl's fridge. You're probably gonna have some sort of cracker, some sort of fruit. So you can probably make a girl dinner at home right now. Be on trend and do a charcuterie girl dinner. I'm so with it because I, I definitely big fan of girl dinner. And like like many tweets have summed up or whatever, threads, whatever. It's just like girl dinner is just like sometimes I don't want like a piece of meat and like vegetables and a whole grain. Like I, I just want little snacks or like I just want something different and like I would choose charcuterie every single damn time and a specifically charcuterie chick. Okay. Um, so as we are, you know, rolling away, I'm going to clip out a couple categories here, but I, the main thing we need to talk about because this episode is coming out or like, you know, breaking the fourth wall here. We're recording a little bit early, but not that early for, um, the brilliant, competition the cheese competition so um this is happening on sunday august 27th which is this sunday and i'm judging which i'm so excited about i've done a lot of food judging in my day i've judged cheeseburgers burgers tacos um margaritas uh, barbecue brunch I, taste of marietta like you name it i've judged it and i have eaten my fair share of it but i haven't done a charcuterie specific competition so i just wanted to like hear from you First of all, like what it is. We just went over when it is and then like how this concept came to be and what you're most excited about. Absolutely. Well, I'm very eager and excited to have Sky um, as one of our judges. She was like the first person that came to mind. And I'm not and I'm looking at her right now. I mean, I, I'm saying this like in all honesty um, because we, we met like a couple months ago and she came by the shop and we were able to chat. And I was like, she is perfect for, for this type of experience and event that we're hosting. Um, the competition is almost chop style, and so we're going to ultimately have teams that compete in duos, and we're going to have our judges essentially uh, be able to review based on a couple different categories, um, think like aesthetic, think uniqueness, think like the use of the ingredients. Everybody's ingredients will be the same, so it'll be an even playing field, and then ultimately we'll have a final round, our second round. Um, where we'll be able to um, select ideally like a top three to advance to that final round and then have judges be able to pick that ultimate winner that we think really encompassed um, the ingredients but also the theme. And the theme will be a little bit of a surprise and a little bit of like a pressure cooker when you, when you arrive for the competition, very chop-esque, where you'll have a certain amount of time, you'll have a set of ingredients, and then you'll have a set of judges to evaluate kind of how you did. So we're very excited about it. It will be a ton of fun. Um, in addition to our teams, we invite everybody to come watch, be able to enjoy. It'll be at Round Trip um, Brewing, which is great. It's on the west side. So if you love beer, you love cheese, you love just hanging out, and you're looking for a Sunday activity, it is 100% something that you should look into coming and hanging out and enjoying and viewing. In terms of the idea, idea for it, Boards by Mo, which is a great um, business up in Boston, mm -hmm. did a very similar competition last year. And she had a fantastic experience of doing it in kind of an open area environment where she got people that were local to be able to do that. 
And so just from chatting with her, being able to bring that to Atlanta and, and kind of be able to do the first ever one in Atlanta was almost a no-brainer and something that we've always tried um, to do. And I think ultimately it's just, again, an extension, an elevation of our business. While we do boards and platters, bites, tables, et cetera, um, in addition to the kind of educational aspects of our events, we love to make them fun. So doing a competition, I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> Maybe, probably not a shocker if you've, if, you've, <laughs> if you've met me, but I think it's a really fun competition for people to just enjoy. Um, be able to enjoy the boards that they create, um, enjoy the experience of designing something aesthetically pleasing, and um, enjoy some beer and drinks as well. I mean, I'm ready for it. Like, I, I'm, I've really been prepping my body for this. Been eating a lot of cheese, really just getting my taste buds ready, <laughs> getting my swishing of my water in place. Like, I don't know who knows this, pretty much just the people I went to college with, but, like, when I, I studied dietetics in college, and so... Um, one of my classes, or I, I pretty much had to study like all of the things about food, but one of my classes was at a particular food lab where we would have categories. I think, I don't know if I told you about this or not. Uh, you thought of me without even knowing this, which I will believe you that I was first to come to mind for a judge, but like without knowing this, you selected the best judge that is in Atlanta. Um, so we would have these rubrics, um, to qualify like each of the parts of the food like texture and flavor um and then like if we were doing bread like the crumb or like the and we'd have to have certain terms that we would write down the notes of each of the items and so it'd be like picture this 30 dietetic students working in a food lab and we'd have the category of food and literally one day it was cheese and so everybody had a different cheese recipe, and we had to try all of the different cheeses. We also have little cheese cubes of different types of cheeses to try, and we would have to, like, um, write down all the terms. So, like, I've been ready for this for a very long time. And um, anyways, okay, so brilliant. I also, like, I've only been typing this to you. Do I say brilliant? Because it's, like, it's brilliant but with brie in it. And so do you say it the same way? Yeah, you're saying it. You're saying it great. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I, the more I say it, the more I say it wrong. But yes, it's it's definitely a play on words. We wanted to include some variation of cheese in the name to kind of attract people. So you are saying it better than I can. Okay, good. Because pronunciation, like I think I used to be very good at pronouncing things, and with age and with the amount of reading and like emails that we have to do on a daily basis, I think. I'm deteriorating a bit. Okay, so we're going to be wrapping this up now. I'm going to give you a couple rapid-fire questions. So we'll, it'll just be like hot takes, very quick answers, and then um, we're going to tell everybody where to find you. So can you hear the drum roll, everybody? I'm attempting a drum roll. I do not have a soundboard with a drum roll sound, and even if I did, I would press the wrong button. So here we go. I hope you didn't see this on my computer, but. Any cheeses you don't like? Hmm. On a cheese board, probably a Swiss cheese. Um, I love it on a sandwich. I think um, like Jersey Mike's is a place that I always ask for Swiss, uh, weirdly. But I think on a charcuterie board, um, it can sometimes be a little bit funky or maybe a little bit more mundane mm -hmm. um, rather than elevated. So that's my hot take. Ooh. Okay. Cheez-Its or goldfish? Can I have both? Okay, fine. Green olives or Kalamata? Ooh, that's a good thing. Um, Kalamata, I would say, if I'm going more of the Greek kind of summery spring, if I'm including more of the crudite vegetable route, I think it's just fresh. Um, the green olives, I think, pair most 
uh, traditionally with a lot of charcuterie that you'll see in Italian and Spanish domains. So I would say um, more neutrally green, but if I'm going more the Mediterranean route, then Calmada. Such such an IB brain. I'm so sorry. Like, I, I get it. I'm just jealous that I wasn't in the IB program because it didn't exist at my school. Okay, anyways, um, chocolate or fruity? Chocolate all the way. I think um, chocolate and cheese are probably my two favorite food groups. So I love, if you've ever had a board from us or ever taken our classes, you'll pretty much always find some sort of variation of chocolate on our boards. And I'll give one quick fun pairing. Um, if you're a fan of blue cheese, try blue cheese and dark chocolate. Um, they kind of complement but also contrast at the same time. So I know not everybody's a funky blue cheese fan, but if you do, definitely try that pairing and let me know. Holy F. Mind blown. Literally, my eyes are so wide right now. I'm, like, going home to try this. It's one of those things that, like, and we'll talk offline about it, but, like, it's like when you could do, like, a blindfolded tasting or something. If you That would blow your damn mind blindfolded. Oh, my God. I can just, like, I can feel it on my tongue already. Okay, anyways, weird. Um, Neapolitan or Detroit-style pizza? I'm going to have to go Detroit-style pizza. Two more cream cheese flavor of choice since I know cream cheese and bagels and especially Montreal style bagels are very important and special to you probably scallion cream cheese I, I can dig it okay um eh, I'm gonna two two more really two more okay guilty pleasure junk food Mm, probably peanut M&Ms or Sour Patch Kids I'm more of a chocolate than a a candy person, but anytime I go to the movies, it's one of those two items. Also, very good choice. Very good choice. I'm a peanut M&M gal myself. Okay, last one. <laughs> Settle this for us American charcuterie connoisseurs. Is it Gouda or Halda when people are placing an order for an extra custom board from you? Ooh, just because I'm American, I have to say Gouda. Um, but I like the pronunciation. I just, uh, I'm not uh, from Holland so <laughs> or Dutch. I wish I was. So that would be really great to be able to say to people. Um, so I'm going to go with Gouda just because I'm not from there. Because people, half the people would be like, are you okay? <laughs> like, why did you just say it like that? Okay. Just wondering because, you know, we're accoutrementing over here. We could be howding too um all right thank you you survived hot takes now we're gonna wrap up where people can find you i'm talking social website in store etc and we're round trip brewing this sunday but give us the times and everything so charcuterie chick rundown absolutely well we hope you'll come visit us in our space in sandy springs um we were in shared kitchens for a long time so being able to Call Sandy Springs um, home, if you will, has been really exciting. Um, we are open Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays for individual orders, orders Sunday upon request. Um, we kind of leave those other days potentially for corporate inquiries that come through. So um, feel free to stop by. I would say Thursdays and Fridays we're open up definitely around lunchtime. So if you're looking for that grab-and-go option, you can definitely find us there. Um, we recommend going on our website to view like our full menu and services. Um, AtlantaCharcuteriechick.com or ATLCharcuteriechick.com is the best way that you'll find us online. Hopefully just with a quick Google search, you can just type in Charcuterie Chick and you'll find us that way. Look for kind of the prominent pink logo and that's the right place to be. 
Uh, in terms of other socials, we also have at charcuterie underscore chick, which is our Instagram, as well as it parlays into our TikTok. Um, those are our major websites um, and social platforms. And then we also have a Facebook page as well. Um, so that's more your style. It's going to be um, ATL charcuterie chick as well. So just a quick search, you'll find us. Like I said, that logo usually attracts some people, and um, we hope you'll you'll come see us. If you don't come see her, if you don't come see Alex and come try charcuterie chick, I swear you're missing out. But I also want to say, I mean, the SEO. I need like a, a new Gen Z term for like on fleek, but like literally <laughs> closing out with making myself sound very dumb and uncool, but. Um, but truly, this business you've built is so thoughtful. It's artful. It's creative. But it's it it's just all of the things that I admire in in people, in women, in business owners, in food businesses. Um, so I just want to plug a major shout out to you for everything that you've accomplished and that it's just. It's just the starting point. You're three and a half years in, and there's so much more to do, and you're doing so much. And I, I'm so freaking excited to judge brilliant board competition on Sunday. Y'all join us. Come come out and drink some wine and beer and eat some cheese. We'd love to meet you. And um, Alex, literally can't thank you enough for being my first real deal guest for this podcast and believing in me right back and like forever will be people that started businesses around the pandemic and survived it so i have all the respect in the world for you and just wish you the best so everybody listening um i'm also going to be plugging alex away on um you'll see it on the episode description and on some subsequent social posts so look there i mean charcuterie chick very easy to find on purpose so um thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon thank you sky and thank you everybody for tuning in just wanted to say uh thanks for taking you know the half hour hour to <laughs> to come hang out with us sky and i could probably spend far more time just talking your ears off but um thank you again and we hope you stop by or, or check us out sometime Thank you so much for listening. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode of Sky's the Limit, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along in the meantime on Instagram at sky.estroff or sky-estroff.com. See you next week.